0: so you remember how yesterday we were talking about will they fire matt canada what will they do with offensive coordinator that's all put to bed mike Thomas addressed that on tuesday talking about how he's optimistic about what the steelers could do with matt at offensive coordinator but there's another assistant coach who he did mention there might be something going on there with a change coming for the steelers we're going to revisit the offensive coordinator discussion and the things Mike Tomlin said about Matt Canada's offense that drew a lot of ire from Steelers fans on Twitter. Um, we'll break that down, and then we'll also talk about if is Keith Butler's time ending as defensive coordinator, who might replace him, and the strategies behind behind that. All of that is going to be discussed here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Joining me today is Josh Taylor our friend revisiting the show. As always, we always love having him here. I'm Chris Carter, your host. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And welcome to the On Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Hit the like button if you're watching this video on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for our daily Steelers content. Remember, if you want to help us out further, go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, and give a positive comment with that review, and you'll get a shout-out at the end of the show. We got another one coming today. Joining me today is a recurring guest. We love having him on the program. It's Josh Taylor, you hear him on 93.7, you see, you see him on KDK TV here in Pittsburgh, you also hear him on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, Josh, what's up, my man?
1: Same old man, how you been? It's, it's crazy this season's over, there was so much that happened, well, and we're actually in mid-January, we're, we're to the point where we're, we're post-mortem now, I thought we'd never get here at some different <laughs> points.
0: If there's times you feel like it goes slow and then you look back and you're like no it didn't i it's it's the wild card playoffs is over like you know there's still parts of me that feels like wait what happened to week 8 like i wanted the middle part of the season to enjoy and that's all gone but we're here now mike tomlin gave his tuesday ad- address And there were, you know, all the normal debriefing end of the season questions. He was asked about Terrell Edmonds, gave a really positive response there. Looks like he'll be sticking around if if all things go the way that he talked about him. But, of course, everybody wanted to ask about Matt Canada. The Steelers offense struggled all season long. And I spent much of yesterday's show with Wesley Euler talking about that, about, about Matt Canada and the merits of keeping him, not keeping him. Could he be fired? Should he be fired? All those types of questions. I mean, and again, I understand Steelers fans' frustration. The Steelers' offense ranked 21st in scoring, 23rd in yards. Uh, They ranked 24th in first downs, 15th in passing yards, uh, and 29th in rushing yards. Lots of, you know, none of those numbers jumps out at you and says, wow, that's amazing. And, you know, and then, of course, an abysmal performance in the playoff game. They lose, you know, going away to the Kansas City Chiefs. Everyone assumes, well, Ben's retiring, just get a new guy. And as I said on yesterday's show, Josh, I was like, you know what? If they did it, I wouldn't blame them. You know, they're most likely getting a a rookie quarterback, a new vet, uh, a new style of offense with all the money that they have stuck stowed away in free agency, and maybe a new coordinator could put his fingerprints on that. But Mike Tomlin comes out and says, I'm optimistic about Matt Canada's future here with the Steelers. It's showing that hey, yeah, all those things, you know, didn't work out this year, but there was there were obvious limitations and he brought up those limitations, and they're not gonna hold that against McCann, and it seems like he's going to get another crack at it in 2022.
1: Chris, you and I both know this because we we are we are instructed by our employers. To be around whatever this team is doing, or at least to be within the vicinity and knowing what's happening and knowing what's being said. So over the course of the season, Mike Tomlin's going to talk a lot. He's going to talk every week at his weekly press conference, and every once in a while he might talk maybe on Thursdays. And he's going to say a lot of things in between those one or two appearances a week. And every once in a while he'll drop you a little nugget that you <laughs> might want to pick up, and you put it in your pocket, and you save it for later. And he's been doing it all season long. He's been giving us little nuggets that you just pick up and keep in your pocket. And the one that he dropped early in the season, and then he dropped it again, I believe, in mid-October during the bye week. Mm -hmm. And they asked him what he was doing during the bye week, and he said he was studying mobile quarterbacks and how it helps him on, on short yardage, possession downs, and in the red zone. And it wasn't about who the upcoming opponents were, because Baker Mayfield didn't fit that description. Justin Fields did, but Jared Goff didn't. It, it Justin Herbert did, but it's it wasn't necessarily about the opponents that were coming. I'm sure some of it was, mm-hmm. but some of it was also, we need to figure out just what we need to find that helps this offense get better. And a mobile quarterback is one of those things. Is that throwing shade against the current 39-year-old quarterback? No, because 10, 15 years ago, he was he he a was un- mobile quarterback. Yeah, The problem is he is now 39. He's six months younger than I am, and mm-hmm. I wake up hurting for no reason.
0: That's <laughs> not a good reason
1: to be a mobile quarterback. <laughs> so he, he dropped those those little hints all through the course of the season. And then today, or I should say on Tuesday, he dropped a whole bunch of them for everyone to pick up, talked about how mobile quarterbacks are invaluable. He talked about how well, if you have rent paint, you paint your barn red. He talked about how he's optimistic about Matt Canada. I,
0: I, I love that Tomlinism, by the way. It's one of my favorites. If you got red paint, you paint the barn red. Sometimes you paint the barn yellow. If you got yellow paint, him talking about that. People are like, Whoa, what does that mean? But it's obvious he's saying it. it, this, it they, they, they only had red paint, so you got to paint this way.
1: You, you, you have to work with what you have. That's what he's saying. And everyone's like, Oh, he uses a whole bunch of analogies. You you don't know anybody from the South? You have no Southern relatives. You have no Southern (laughs) friends. They all talk in analogies. Let me tell you something. My great-grandmother grew up in Alabama, had like a sixth grade education. It was probably the smartest woman in my lifetime. And she'll drop an analogy on you in a heartbeat. So I hear Mike Tomlin talk. I'm like, that's like listening to my nana. That ain't nothing new. Mm -hmm. But he he drops a lot of subtle hints. And the reason why he says it the way he does, and this is a really critical part of what people don't appreciate about Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is not going to just come out and say, well, look what I got in this room. Look at this quarterback that I got. Look at this line that I got. These guys can't do this, and these receivers keep dropping the ball, and the quarterback can't throw from here to there. He's not going to say that. All he's going to tell you is if you have red paint, you paint your barn red. In other words, this is what we have. This is what we can do because he's not going to bury his guys, no matter how hard you or I want him to. He is not going to come out and say, well, this guy can't cut the mustard, this guy can't do this, and this guy can't do that. He's not going to do that. Why? Because that's how you lose a locker room. Because he needs those guys when he walks back in that room to do whatever he needs them to do. And somehow, somehow he got that group that he can only paint with one color into the playoffs. And people discount the fact that he says things like this because that stuff like that keeps those guys engaged in order to get to where they are. So what does all this mean? What do do all these things point to? It points to the fact that he's not going to bury Matt Canada because Matt Canada doesn't have all the ingredients he needs to make this offense be what it is. Bill Parcell said it a long time ago. If you're cooking dinner, you got to have the right ingredients. But granted, he used it as an analogy. Well, shouldn't I be able to to shop for the ingredients to make make supper? I get that part. But if you don't have them to begin with, who cares who bought them? You can't sit there and have all spoiled food and complain that dinner don't taste right. That's not how this works. So it's obvious for for people who have been paying attention and people who know what everything, people who know everything that entails into this offense and what this offense entails that you're going to have to have a better offensive line you're going to have to have a younger more mobile more accurate quarterback you're going to have to have a little bit more from your receivers you're probably going to need some help there you're going to have to have a little bit more from your tight ends too there's a lot of things that have to come into place now granted the tight end play it upgraded this season because they drafted a guy in the second round who's turned out to be pretty good, and they probably don't win a couple of games in that schedule without him and Pat Friar move. But you have to have everything clicking at the same time. The running back, and you and I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. Imagine this offense without Najee Harris, and people complained about them Ooh. drafting Najee Harris in Ooh. the first round. Imagine this offense without him. How does this season go without Najee Harris and they without don't. Pat Friar move? They so now you're the you
0: Broncos. Have, they don't they beat, don't the, beat Seahawks. the Browns either. They don't time. sweep the Browns either time. They don't beat the Ravens the first time. Um, I mean, I mean, again, that's what we just named five games off the that's rip, five. six games. You know, so it's just, the Bears are in that mix. They wouldn't yep. even tie the Lions without uh without Najee Harris because he had 105 yards on the on the ground that game. Um, you know, he, he was their offense you know, a lot of times. So to, to your point, Matt Canada. You know, I, I think where we're going with this is Matt Canada was was very limited in the strengths that he had this year, and was and was working with with very limited situations. But I want to talk about those limitations a little bit more here. We gotta we gotta throw to a to a break. We're come back. We're we're staying on this topic before we address the defensive coordinator position because that will come up in in this show. But first, I gotta talk to you guys about Bill Bar with the new year. That means New Year's resolutions, and if yours is about getting fit, you want to eat healthier. Well, that means Built Bar got to be part of your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike the other protein bars that can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it gets so boring by week three. You're thinking, ah, this just isn't it's it's worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. That's compare that to the average candy bar that has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. That's a huge that's a huge advantage to you when you're trying to stick to that New Year's resolution. So throw out all those those junk candy bars, all the junk food, replace them with Built bars to help you stay on task this year with getting with getting in shape and losing some weight. And you'll have so many f- different flavors to choose from from coconut, almond, to peanut butter, brownie, to raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, you name it, it's probably there. Just go to built.com to find out all their different flavors and if you go to built.com, be sure to use the promo code lot 15 It's L O C K E D one five locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order at built.com. Again, go get your next flavor of built bars at built.com by using promo code locked 15 for your 15% off. Back here on the locked on Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter here with Josh Taylor, keeping it real with you on the locked on Steelers podcast. Uh, we thank you for making us your first listen every day. But we got to talk about more about Matt Canada here. And, and Josh, you were talking about the limitations and when Mike Thomas about painting the bar in red and and why they, they might be optimistic in today's NFL. Like you said, and my, like Thomas said back in back during the bye week when I was there at the Steelers practice facility, when he said, you know, we weren't just studying quarterbacks. You know, for our opponents, we were looking at them globally for how it's impacting the league. And I mean, the the uh, the idea of having not even if not a, we're not saying Lamar Jackson, we're just saying like you said Justin Herbert. You know, be, being able to or, or just any quarterback who can move, throw on the run, and force defenders to have to say, okay, we have to be gap sound on our interior gaps and our edges and contain. And if we're not, this guy can hurt us. Um, And that's something that the Steelers haven't had from Ben Roethlisberger in a long time. And it's something that they've worked with. They found a way to survive with. But so many teams are being able to take advantage. And it makes things so much easier around the field. And it's not just about a mobile quarterback. It's also knowing, like, hey you knew you were limited in your cap space this year. You knew you had to get playmakers back into the offense and you had a chance to grab the best tight end of this class and the best running back of this class instead of grabbing the sixth or seventh best offensive lineman of of, of this class. So you took those shots. You got those playmakers. Now this year you're in a situation where right now the Steelers have approximately 41 to $45 million in cap space. But if, When Ben retires, that's that number is going to go up when uh, they they make some 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 eventual cuts to guys that have higher, higher, higher uh, cap cap hits on the year that that were brought into the organization. That'll open up. They could have upwards of 60 ish million dollars, even higher than that, maybe even closer to 70 million dollars in cap space. That's going to give you the space to go get offensive linemen. And uh, we're going to talk all offseason about who they should get. But, Josh. When I this is why I said yesterday I wasn't committed to just saying yeah Firemat Canada make this easy because how many times have we seen in all of football that uh, a, a coordinator is it can only do with what he's given I mean a, a, a perfect example for Pittsburghers is Mark Whipple Mark Whipple for years was was being told it was to get him out of here he doesn't know what he's doing and then everything clicked last year and all of a sudden Pitt. Was a top four offense in all of college football, and was and put up historic numbers. I I do think for that reason, I, I don't I don't think it's crazy to keep Matt Canada, but I do think it is an it's it's going to be an important gamble for the start of the end of the post Ben Roethlisberger era.
1: I got this question today, Chris. Well, if if uh, Ben was leaving, then why they hire back Canada? Because hiring an offensive coordinator is not a year to year thing. No. It's not something you just decide on. Whom. Okay, we'll go get this guy. No, you got to sign these guys to contracts, just like you sign like you sign players to contracts. Mm-hmm. And how many offensive coordinators do you know that are going to take a one year deal with the quarterback who may not be back next year, more than likely won't be back next year, given the circumstances of the season. No one's going to take that deal. So what do you have to do if you're the Steelers? You have to think about the future and the present too. So you might have to try to work with what you have here and still try to have something set up down the road. And I want to circle back to the limitations we talked about. Let's get one thing back into the the, the fence line here. Sure. We were going into training camp, assuming that this offensive line was going to have David DeCastro and a healthy Zach Banner. And neither of those things came about by the time the season started. It's a very good point. A week before training camp, David DeCastro was let go. Never signed on anywhere else. No no official retirement talk as of yet, but David DeCastro, week before training camp, gone. So they had to sign Trey Turner at the pretty much 11th hour before they started training camp at Heinz Field. Zach Banner never got to the point where they needed him to be to even contend for the starting right tackle spot, and you and I talked about it on my radio show, mm-hmm. just about how important it would be to have that kind of depth at the tackle position, especially considering the fact that you drafted a Dan Moore Jr., yep. and let's not kid ourselves. If you had a healthy Zach Banner going into camp, Maybe your tackle situation doesn't look the way it does throughout the course of the season. If you have David DeCastro without the ankle situation, you probably have a healthier interior offensive line going into the season. You probably have less issues. We forget that the depth on that offensive line was already thin to start the season. Mm -hmm. Then it got tested really, really badly. And then you have Kevin Dotson go down. So guys like John leglu get the opportunity. And guys yep. like Joe Hague get the opportunity. And now you're just revolving bodies. And that's not counting guys that are on the COVID list. All these different things keep happening. And this depth that was already thin just got absolutely shredded. So when you have that, and we're not talking about the quarterback, we're not talking about anything else. Just the offensive line, which, by the way, you need to have in order to run any kind of system. It does not matter. So mm-hmm. that's one of the limitations that they already had. Then you talk about the quarterback that this offensive line that's already not deep has to protect and he's Mm -hmm. limited in what he can do because he can't throw as accurately down the field as he used to. He can't throw in the, as far as, you know, just getting the ball out quickly or getting the ball out in tight throws that some quarterbacks can make. He can't do it as much as he used to. And for some odd reason, they completely ignore the middle of the field and I don't understand that part either. There are so many different elements to it. You give me an offensive coordinator that can scheme him out scheme around an offensive line that lacked depth walking into the season mm-hmm. can't seem to get a consistent push up front. An offense that loses consistently on first and second down and is put third and mm-hmm. way behind the sticks way mm-hmm. too often. And oh, yeah, by the way, your quarterback can't make the throws to get you out of that situation. You find me an offensive coordinator that can scheme around all those things, and I'll throw him all the money in my pocket because that's impossible for any offensive coordinator to overcome.
0: I also think, and this is something that I brought up with Wes again on our Tuesday episode of Locked on Steelers, is that another aspect with with a young offensive coordinator, the first time Matt Canada has been the OC for an NFL team, you're doing that with an 18-year veteran quarterback. It is tough to establish that dynamic. It is tough, you know. Ben is like, "Who is this guy?" I've worked with Bruce Arians. I've worked with Todd Haley. I've, I've been working under Mike Tomlin for years. I don't know you. You just came from college. You were here last year. Like, you know, it's it's tougher to, to 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 you know put your foot down in a lot of those situations. But now moving forward, whether they get a rookie or some you know some other you know some some veteran that they're bringing in you know via free agency, whoever wins that job, also Mike Tomlin did say that Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins Haskins will be given the opportunity but we he also said they have not earned starting starting positions um you know it, it, at the quarterback position and that if they want it they're gonna have to fight for it next year which again goes back to my, my 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 proposal josh is the best option for the Steelers this this year going into next season at quarterback is keep mason rudolph keep Dwayne haskins too fine i i don't think he, he showed enough to if, if he didn't show up enough to pass up mason rudolph this year that's not a good sign but we'll give him another chance so you keep those two you draft the rookie quarterback, whether it's first, second, third round, if if a guy falls to you, don't press it, don't trade up this year, don't do that at all for, for any of those guys, and then also sign the veteran in free agency, you're going to have guys like Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, uh, you know, see, see who's available, because there's always guys that get freed up, and then bring that guy in and say, okay, you know what, you Dwayne, you Mason, you rookie, you vet, duke it out, have at it. Go, you know, figure figure it out in training camp, whoever's the best. Just don't turn the ball over and make sure that when we get you an open wide receiver, you hit him and you let him make the play. But this team next year, I fully believe is going to be all about offensive line. They're going to invest there. They're probably going to get one or two big ads in free agency, probably draft there as, as well. This is going to be a whole new offensive line to build around Najee Harris. They might even get him a, ba- a better backup next year, and then you're looking at a run-first team, a fortified defense that I also think they'll add to. And then Matt Cannon is able to say, "Hey guys, all right, new look. This is my offense. Last year we didn't have that online. We did. We had a limited corner quarter, cornerback. You know, we had. You know, we had. A, we, uh, it, and that ruined every, all the chances for us to succeed. This is going to be the identity. And if he doesn't make that group work," then we then, then we revisit that and we move forward. But I do think and this is why I said yesterday, I said I, it'll be okay if they let him go. I don't I wouldn't blame them, but I also could see the merits of saying, hey, you know what? You give this guy another chance with, you know, with an actual investment into different groups to see how it surges forward. But Josh we do got to talk defense. I've talked offense for a day and a half now. i got to talk defense because Keith Butler's name was brought up, and it was a very different response that Tom gave. I want to talk about him, the potential successor, and the thoughts behind who that might be and what the, what it might bring about. But first, got to talk to you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, we'd like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march through the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline reigns the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action of 2022. With the new year, there's a new updated desktop and mobile website. Time today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just be sure to use the promo code Locked On to get started. From football to basketball to hockey to boxing to UFC, write down your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season at BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. And BetOnline, where the game starts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers Podcast, I'm Chris Carter here with Josh Taylor talking coordinators for the Steelers. Changes, non-changes, whatever, we, you, you know what was said. Now, Mike Tomlin, we we, we just talked about Matt Canada. When it came to Keith Butler, there wasn't the same sort of confidence and optimism about Keith Butler. Now, granted, Keith Butler's been here since, what, 2015. So, you know, that's, he, he's had plenty of time to, to, to lay it down and, and show who he is. And he's had some top defenses. 2019, one of the best defenses we saw of the 2010s. Um, Maybe even the best defense we saw of the 2010s outside of the 2010 defense. Um, But, you know, you, you know, we we saw in 2020, it took a step back once the injuries hit 2021. They weren't able to keep as many players. Mike Tomlin also said, though, like, you know what? You know, yeah, you know, you know, there, there were injuries, there were this and that, but there were still situations that didn't work out in their favor. Um, Aditi King cabwalaa reported uh Monday morning uh, on 93.7 the fan um that you know that she believes that, that Keith Butler will be retiring uh shortly and that will open up a you know a, a chance for defensive coordinator switch for the Steelers when Mike tongue was asked about that he basically was just like you know I've you know I, I haven't had those conversations with Keith yet but we are going to and there are serious questions about the defense moving forward I I I get it because The future of this of this franchise, at least this this upcoming era of no Ben Roethlisberger is going to require for them to be competitive for the defense to get back to where it was in 2019. Um, And and maybe not the impossible numbers of turnovers they created, Josh, but at least making them one of the better units in the NFL. They weren't one of the better units in the NFL this year. They gave up. They were the worst rushing defense. But somehow they still found ways to win situationally and limited a ton of teams to under 20 points this year. So I, I look at this and i see keith butler resigning you know or retiring could be you know could be like a, an interesting change but some people think that they might be going outside the organization but if you're if you're close to it you know terrell austin the team's defensive back coach could be in that mix josh you and i have talked about terrell austin and his history the idea of doing this isn't just a simple oh the steelers they just promote from within because they can't afford other coaches it's because they picked Austin to be their defensive backs coach with this future in mind years ago.
1: You and I have had this discussion for at least the past couple of years. You and yep. I both expected, actually, we yep. both expected that they would replace both coordinators last offseason. Yep. They only replaced Randy Feetner, but I, we both expected them to replace Randy Feetner and Matt Canada and, the, and uh, Keith Butler with Terrell Austin. We expected this this time last year. So this surprises mm-hmm. me in no way, shape or form. I I can't imagine. I can't even try to add up how many people I've talked to and said, "Look, the change is coming. You just have to wait because it's coming." And my reasoning was pretty simple: you don't hire Matt Canada just to make him a quarterbacks coach. You don't hire Terrell Austin, who's been a defensive coordinator with two other organizations. And by the way, that first go around in Detroit when he was the defensive coordinator for Jim Caldwell, go look up that 2014 Lions defense. Mm -hmm. They were really. Really good. that. Mm-hmm. But That's a whole other discussion because that coaching staff, why they're still not together, I don't know. But that's beside the point. But you you take that man's history. Now, bear in mind, he's worked with three different organizations that he coached their DBs and they went to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they won one when he was in Baltimore. He he, he knows what he's doing as far as coaching on the defensive side of the ball. He's been a pretty good defensive coordinator in spots in his career. And oh, yeah, by the way, former pit guy can't be mm-hmm. the worst thing in the world mm-hmm. if you're a Pittsburgh person. But this is why stuff like this is important. This is why you listen to guys like Minka Fitzpatrick when he says, I don't want to say too many good things about him because somebody might want to take him. Listen to what the players are telling you about the coaching staff. Listen to what those guys are saying. If you want to get on Dick uh, Dick LeBeau, if you want to get on Keith Butler's case, about the outside linebackers, I don't know how, because T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith are pretty good when they were healthy, and that's his job besides being the defensive coordinator. If you want to get on Jerry Osafsky about the inside linebackers, okay, fair game. If you want to talk about the defensive line, despite the injuries that they had, I'd make the case that they probably made the most out of what they had. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about this secondary. Yeah. That really, I thought, got better as the season went on. And that's just considering the fact that you lost Joe Hayden for stretches of time. You, you lost Mika Fitzpatrick a little bit here and there. So you didn't have him for mm-hmm. a spell or two. And that really hurt them against the Chargers. Imagine how different that Chargers game looks with Mika Fitzpatrick in the game. It's probably a completely different outcome. We, we forget that part, make it not play in that game. And That's just like imagining if TJ Watt played the entire season healthy. Some of these outcomes are probably not the same. But as far as the secondary is concerned, Think about guys like Trey Norwood, a seventh round pick who was making plays in the sub package quite frequently. Think about a guy like Akella Witherspoon, who they got in the trade, who ran a completely different system in Seattle, came to Pittsburgh, had to learn the system, worked with the guys around him, including Terrell Austin. And once he got inserted in games, not only did he become effective, he led the team in interceptions Mm -hmm. and did not play a full season. That's got to be a credit to Terrell Austin, right? Mm -hmm. You'd figure as much. Mike Tomlin talked about uh, Terrell Edmonds and the way he's developed. Mick Fitzpatrick's talked about Terrell Edmonds and how they're able to divide the roles now as safeties. He's played so much better his last two seasons than he did his first five. You have to give Terrell Austin some level of credit for that because Absolutely. that's his unit. And we, we totally ignore that part because we're too busy saying all oh, these assistants are terrible. Get rid of them. You're not paying attention. If that is your blanket statement, You're not watching the individual details of what's been happening with certain guys on this team. And the fact that that secondary had that many issues to deal with and work around and still gave room for guys to develop in spite of all of that, you have to give that coach credit. Yes, it may not have been the ideal. It may not have been what we wanted it to be, Mm -hmm. but they still managed to overcome a lot of things that should not have gone their way. Terrell Austin gets credit for that. The way that they played against Baltimore in that final regular season game, we are still not talking about how good that defense played against Baltimore mm-hmm. and allowed them to still be in that game yep. in that last game of season because Keith Butler wasn't there, who had the responsibilities. Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin. If you're really trying to find a way to figure out that this being a bad, this is a bad idea. You're not paying attention, you're not doing your homework, and you're not looking at the finer details of why this move makes sense, both in the short term and in the long term.
0: Absolutely. I'm right with you here, Josh, because uh, again, when, when, oftentimes when when people get upset at coaches, and it's it's natural. It's the it's the easiest thing to go to. You don't have to blame the players that you love. You you get to blame these guys that you don't really know who they are. But you look at the at the, at the assistants they 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 bring in. They bring them in with the purpose of saying, hey, you're going to be promoted up up this. You're going to understand the organization so that you, you have a relationship with the players, and so that when you do take if you do take over a higher position, they know who you are. They're like, oh, that's that's Coach Terrell. Oh, that, that that's Coach This. That's Coach Matt. That's Coach This. There is there's there's an understanding there that this is what I expect from you when we sit down in a meeting and when we go on go on the field. And to your point about the history of Terrell Austin, this is a guy. He coached against the Steelers in both of their recent Super Bowl wins. He was the defensive back coach for the Seahawks in in Super Bowl forty and the defensive back coach for the Cardinals Super Bowl forty three, and he won the, the Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens as their secondary coach in the in the 20, in the 20 in the or 20 I think it was 2012 2013 you know what I'm saying the early 2010s um so this is a guy and he's been defensive coordinator for the Bengals and the Lions and I know, you know the Bengals not a great track record but the Lions solid job that he did there for the for the, the staff and with the talent that he had in front of him this isn't something that he is unfamiliar with. This is something that, like you said, when he took over, Minka Fitzpatrick came in, the Steelers became a team of turnovers, and a lot of them came from the secondary that year. And not just Minka, they also had Steven Nelson in there, they also had Joe Hayes, and turnovers were the biggest thing. Mike Thomas said, we need to get turnovers, this needs to be fixed, and he brought that to the defense. Uh, and that was how they they finished 8-8, eight and eight was that was that defense playing that way. So now, you bring him in, he has an understanding of the secondary, he's going to be able to put that into his game plans to help help things back there. You maybe reinforce the front seven, get, you know, get, you know, get some depth for that defensive line. You hope that Tua and Alulu are back. Alulu did point out on Instagram that he's coming back for another year with the Steelers. There's, and then you, you get another guy to put next to Bush, I think. I think that's, that is going to be a concern. I'm not sure. if I don't think it they're going to be a keeping Showbert. It is, a, it is a serious concern. But there's remnants to say, hey, you can get this defense back to being one of the best in the NFL. And it, it could be Terrell Austin pushing for that and i don't think that i get that some people don't want to see that promotion come from within they want to go make the big name hire but most people don't even know who that big name hire would be they're just they're it's it's the it's just it's trying to throw throw anger into the wind and and get it out there without having to need any results the steelers have a system and as you've brought up before you know they with offensive coordinator they've promoted from within several times to find success kevin wisenhunt was 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 a promotion from within bruce arians was a promotion within the only one that has a bit chan gailey as as you Talked about before the only one that wasn't was Ton Haley, and that was because he was a head coach and they wanted to bring somebody in that could corral Ben Roethlisberger and get him to change who he was after being a two time Super Bowl champion quarterback. That's a different task than what you're asking for. It got to come in, establish this new style of offense that's going to be different from anything the Pittsburghers run in the past 10 years because they've had Ben Roethlisberger. I, I, I see this as it makes sense on offense, and I see it as it makes sense on defense. If you're if you're able to get in, if if you're able to to get some results out of Terrell Austin,
1: I need to drop one single solitary point in here. Sure, go ahead. And I, you, we talked about all the internal hires on the offense. We don't talk about the internal hires on the defense because mm-hmm. yes, Dom Capers was the defensive coordinator for this team in the mid '90s. Mm-hmm. There was a defensive backs coach that came behind him. Now, granted, he was a defensive backs coach, and he was a, before he was a defensive backs coach of the Steelers, he was a defensive coordinator for another team. And he pretty much invented a defense at the time that was designed to counteract the West Coast offense. Mm-hmm. And that defense lost to San Francisco in Super Bowl twenty-three in a really close game, I might add. Mm-hmm. Well, that guy was their defensive backs coach in the early 90s. And when Dom Capers left to become the head coach in Carolina, they promoted this guy from defensive backs coach to defensive coordinator. That man's name was Dick LeBeau. Yep. So don't come to me about (laughs) the Steelers need to stop making internal hires. That's part of their DNA.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Mike Tomlin talks about next man up. The Steelers have been next man up with their staffs for decades now. Let's stop looking at things that keep happening in front of us and establishing patterns and being surprised when the patterns play out. Because if it's been playing out the same way, for all this time, and you have the nerve to be surprised, I'm going to look at you and ask you, have you not been paying attention? Because that means if we're, if we're counting in Dick LeBeau, now granted, if we're talking about the time when he left and came back after Tim Lewis was dismissed, that's one thing. But you're talking about pretty much three out of the last four guys as defensive coordinators, internal hires. Mm-hmm. So what are we talking about here? Why, why does this feel like a new thing now? Start paying more attention to how things go with this organization. Yes, I know some people want massive, just completely radical change. That's not how this franchise is built. That's never been how they've built. been nope. built. It's just not what they do. And I love how you mentioned that part because they can bring a guy in as a position coach. They have the familiarity so when they become a coordinator, everybody knows who this guy is. They've been doing it on the offensive side for a couple of decades. They've been doing it on the defensive side a couple of decades. Matter of fact, Chuck Noll did it back in the 80s with a guy like De Tony Dungy. He was a position coach and he eventually became defensive coordinator. And that guy, that guy turned out to be a pretty good head coach too. And then a guy from his coach, that was his defensive backs coach, became the Steelers head coach. Funny how things come full circle. <laughs> but it, 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 it stands to reason. The general point remains the same. When you become an organization that has been for so long the example of what can be with continuity and maintaining the same standards and maintaining the same values over the course of time. We're talking four or five decades now that this organization has lived by a certain code because a man got to have a code, the <laughs> code Omar, the from the <laughs> Man, got to have a code. Steelers have a code and they've been following this code for decades now. And Some of us have the audacities to be surprised when they consider following the code again. Yes, the results haven't been on the field that they wanted, and we think radical sweeping changes are coming. No, it's going to be a couple subtle tweaks. We may not like this, Chris. You and I can make we can scream about this till we're blue in the face. Mm-hmm. But this is how they've operated the entire time,
0: and it's and, and, it's, and it and they produced success with it. It's not exactly. just it's not just that they've operated. They've found, like you said, Dick LeBeau was a promotion within the organization and became one of the one of the greatest, if not the greatest, defensive coordinator of all time. Him you know, and Bud Carson. In- that's it. Exactly. I mean, you and you look at you look at what he did. Bill Belichick. You know, they they said his entire uh, spygate scheme was to figure out what the heck the Steelers were doing with their zone blitzes and how Dick LeBeau was just confusing so many quarterbacks over the years. That again, this is something that they've done for years, and it, you, you get you get a guy in, he knows the system, he knows and he knows his strengths and weaknesses. Now he's going to put his tweaks upon it, and you keep building that way. It's part of the Steelers culture, their winning culture, and if you want to uproot that, be my guest. But fortunately, the Rooneys won't let that happen. At least, at least so far throughout their their tenure owning this, the Steelers. Josh, we're having a great conversation, but we got to call it to a close. I'm way over time. But I want to have more conversations like this with you all throughout the offseason because there's going to be several points when we're talking about this. And, heck, if if Keith Butler does retire, we'll uh, we'll, pro- we'll be, uh, probably be talking about this yet again when it comes to the Steelers in their future. Josh, thanks for joining us here in the Lost on Steelers podcast. Let me know I can find you, follow you, and get more of your work
1: real simple Facebook Instagram and Twitter more often than not on Twitter Josh Taylor HD that's the best place to find me as far as the radio work goes Sunday mornings 93 7 the fan I'm alternating back and forth with Shelby Cassessi in that seven o'clock slot also on TV CBS Pittsburgh I'm there on weekends that's where you find me
0: absolutely fine josh because he's always entertaining as he is on this show um in, in all of his work he's an amazing guy i'm chris carter your host of the locked on steelers podcast thanks for watching or listening to us if you're watching this on youtube hit the like button hit the subscribe button to our channel to get all of our daily content where we're breaking things down just like this on your pittsburgh steelers every day all year long if you're listening to this you can listen to it on apple spotify google podcast odyssey and when you do so when if you can leave us a five-star review on apple podcast with a positive comment you will get a shout out at the end of the show like this fan of the show, whose, whose name is Jonathan Bancal who says, Daily Podcast, I love the fact that the episodes are posted daily. It's a nice way to always have Steelers takes to listen to regardless of the day. Thank you, Jonathan, for your five-star review, and we appreciate everyone who gives us five-star review. If you want your shout-out, leave a five-star review with a positive comment. You will get read on this show. Thanks again for checking in with us here at the Lockdown Steelers podcast. We got more coming your way. We weren't able to get Tony Serena for Wednesday. We're going to have a Tony Thursday, though. Tony's going to have his hot takes for sure on the show (laughs) on on Locked On Steelers. It's going to be an exciting Thursday episode. Then we wrap up again the week with Jenna Harner. She'll be back, and we'll be be doing the show with her. It's going to be a great end of the week here. Stay tuned with us here on the Locked On Steelers podcast.